This afternoon, you're welcome to Kingdom Culture Service. We're going to usher in the presence of the Father right now. Father, we worship you. We exalt you. We lift you on high. There is none besides you. There is none above you. None compares to you, O God. You see it above the sea of glass, and your voice is like the sound of many waters. Father, we worship you, O God, because none is more deserving. You are worthy to open the seal, the seal and break the scroll. Father, we love you, O God, beyond words can describe. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in our life, in our world and reality. You've kept us, O God, and you've held all things together. By your mercy, O God, we stand, and in your mercy we progress. You said the race is not to the swift, is not to the strong, but it's of you, O Lord, that shows mercy. Father, we thank you for your mercy that is speaking over us. You said we should come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace, O God, in time of need. Zekapaya, so we come, O God, to your throne on the premise of that invitation. Zekabarabaha, we approach your throne on the premise of that invitation. We approach your throne knowing that we have been invited into your courts to come and eat and dine with you. Arabaka sovelege bregedegebom, aragada dagabalaga bregedegebosam, eragada dagabalaga bregedegebom, aragabaka sovele brokotosam, ekabrakatose valek. Brekatem, O Rakabaka Sekabarakatela, O Rabashanda Lagabregede de Gebosam, O Rabaka Sokurigada Dagabahem, E Ragada Dagaba Sevele Brokotom, Arabakatele Gebregede de Gebom, O Ragada Dagaba Sokurigada Dagabahem, O Rabashandi, Rigadagabalagabregede de Gebolagabregede de Gebosam, E Rabaka Sevene Meketea, Arabaka Sevana Manacopa, Alebrandas Capampalia Cabrontos Copamparacatala Capai. Scripture says that the effect of heaven prayer of a righteous man availed much and he makes tremendous power available. He speaks in the book of Colossians of Epaphras. He said he's praying for you fervently that you stand perfect. I want you to add fervency to your prayer wherever you are watching, wherever you are streaming, and know that there is a perfect 
resurrection that is coming. There is an equipping that is coming. There is a building up that is coming. Whatever you can do, minimize distraction. It's time to do business with the Father. I'm here for myself and I'm here on behalf of on behalf of my generation. I don't know why you are here, but I'm here for myself and my generation. And I know that for us to rise, we must have a corporate work. The Bible says that the body makes increase. That's in the book of Ephesians. By that which every joint supplies. Zekapayam. So Father, this afternoon, we supply from every angle. We supply from every stream. Bone to bone, joint to joint, sinew to sinew, oh God. That our prayer will come, oh God as a sweet smelling sacrifice that our fragrance will rise so that it can come back as fire we speak oh God that the portals of heaven and the portals of our spirit will be open and there will be a merging oh God that will occur as we ascend the hills of Zion 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 Oh, that you open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. Oh, that you open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. Oh, Pane or Ekamanekaya Enamanosa Ekamana Cabracatele Cabracate or Sacabracatele Cabracate or Rabacatala Cabracate or Champai or Rabacapai or Sandele Cabracatecapaya Enamaswa Esamanua Ayacapuana 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 Acapale Ayacapane I want you to connect. There is a grace on this house. There is a blessing on this house. There is an anointing. There is a mandate. And on the premise of that mandate, God is obligated to respond to our call. Because you cannot send people to represent you without giving them what they ought to represent you with. So Father, we come, oh God, on the premise of your invitation. And we say, show us your face. Show us your glory. Show us your power. Show us your spirit. Show us your mercy. I want you to enter into your priestly 
destiny office. Some of us may be called to be an apostle or a prophet or a teacher or a bishop, but every one of us is called to be a priest. And I want you to enter into that place and begin to call upon the name of the Lord. I know Kabale, Akepakane. I don't know the posture you take when you enter into your office as a priest, but I want you to take that posture. Akepale, Aleka Parakatela Kapa, Osambramba, Asambramba, Akapo, 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 Come for us, O God. Come for us. Come for us. We're here, Kappa. We're not yet satisfied. We need more of you. We can't do it on our own. We can't go thus far without you. Have your mercy. Have mercy on us. And show us your grace. And show us your power. And show us your glory. As in the days of old, may we see you now. As in the days of old, may we see you in the same way now. You said we would do even greater works. Where are your greater works? Empower us. Empower us. Empower us. Empower us. Empower us. This afternoon to see your face. To behold your glory to touch your grace to know your ways to be able to live your days oh god on this side of eternity let the portal of heaven be open lord not because of what we can do but because of your promise and because of your mandate your calling your 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 your, your prophetic word and your covenant with us as a house would you show your glory this afternoon would you throw your weight about would you throw your weight about would you throw your weight about ayaka show yourself mighty daniel said blessed be the god who lives forevermore to whom belongs might and wisdom to whom belongs might and wisdom to whom belongs might and wisdom who shows the deep and secret things he knoweth what is in the what is in the dark and light dwells with him nothing is hidden before the father he's able to call for the things that be not and though as though they are he's able to look at the things that are not meant to be and clear them with the words of his mouth jeremiah said like that word the word of god the voice of god the spirit of God it was like fire shot up in my bones the Bible says it can be like a hammer the Bible says it can be like a scalpel the Bible says it can be like a water I don't know what dimension the Word of God and the Spirit of God is gonna meet with each and every one of us this afternoon I want us to cry and I said Lord reveal your glory to me reveal your power to me reveal your spirit to me show me your mercy show me mercy show me grace show me mercy show me grace show me mercy show me grace Blind Bartimaeus had killed no man. He had wronged no man. He sat at one post, at one spot because he was blind. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus turned. He got his attention. He said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. And the knowledge of God more than but offering. Lord, I come knowing that I have nothing to offer except for what you have given me. I come knowing that there are times I don't fulfill all the requirements and there are times I'm not faithful. Even with my watch, oh God, or your requirements of me. But Lord, in your mercy, in your mercy, would you hear our prayer and show us your glory show us your power show us your grace show us your spirit oh God show us your might show us your splendor that like Moses we will see the burning bush right 
now that you open the eyes of our spirit to see what is happening right now in this room Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you for your spirit and we bless you for your presence. And as we transition to the next phase, we thank you for your mighty hand that rests on us. you're doing in this atmosphere father we bless you come on would you just lift up your hands to the lord just begin to bless it father we're grateful we're grateful for your presence we're grateful for where two or three are gathered in your name there in the midst you will be 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 you are worthy to be praised worthy to be adored let all honor, adoration be unto you. We say to the only wise God be blessings, dominion, power, now and forevermore. Father, we ascribe the glory unto your name. We ascribe the thanksgiving unto you. We come in, as the scripture says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. And we come into his courts with praise. Father, we've come this evening for no other reason but to encounter your presence and to obey that which you have to say to us. Father, our hearts are open and we understand one of the ways to encounter you is through this gate of praise and worship. So Father, even right now we open up our hearts, we open up our minds and we say, Hallowed be your name, Father. We say, Hosanna in the highest. You are worthy of the praise and the glory. Come on, would you just begin to lift up your voice and just give him the glory that is due to his name. To him alone be blessings, to him alone be glory, to him alone be power, to him alone be all dominion now and forevermore. We say, King Jesus, you are the lifter of our heads, you are the glory and the lifter of our heads. So we extol you, our God and King. We magnify the one who sits on the throne forever. And we say you can never be dethroned, you can never be defeated. But you are God all by yourself. Ageless one, you are the one who was before time began. You are the one who would be after time is finished. You are the one who dwells in eternity. Who is eternity? For the Bible says knowing you is everlasting life, is eternal life. Oh, Father, thank you for you are the one who was the beginning, who is the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Alpha Omega. Oh, we acknowledge you as the one who will always be, who has been and who will always be Yahweh. Yahweh, the living God, Yahweh, the first and last Yahweh, the everlasting King Yahweh, the mighty God Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh is your name. Come on, we aspire the glory unto your name, Yahweh. 
and so we lift you high, Yahweh, Yahweh, so we lift you high, Yahweh, Yahweh, so we lift you high, Yahweh, 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 Sing it out in this place. You alone deserve my praise. You alone deserve the honor. So we lift you high. Yahweh, Yahweh. You alone say you alone deserve our worship. Oh, the Most High God is. 
Elohim Adonai 
We lift you up, O God. We lift you up, God. We lift you up, Father. Still in the same atmosphere of worship. Let's begin to pray. It is so easy sometimes to get carried away with worship because we can mindlessly sing things we don't mean with our heart. I want us to begin to praise God, to begin to worship Him intentionally. Be, be mindful of what you are saying to Him because this is, has to be a proactive thing. We don't just mindlessly sing. Come on, let's begin to open our mouth and let's begin to praise. Let's begin to worship. We have come here to encounter God, to meet with Him. I do not know where you are at in your life right now, but I can tell you that if you come to God, authentically you will encounter him he is the rewarder of those that seek him come on begin begin to pray regardless of how you came now that now you're, that here, you're begin here, begin to engage your heart. Even for those that are watching virtually, begin to pray, begin to engage with the Father. There is no distance in the realm of the Spirit. Begin to pray, begin to worship, begin to say something to the one you love. Father, we have come to encounter you today. We have come to meet with you today. We have come to receive a word from you today. Father, even if we don't feel like we have much to give, we give ourselves. 
We give ourselves. I can even hear that someone is saying that God, I've got nothing to give. I've got nothing to you yourself are enough. Lebrasika, begin to give yourself. Just begin to make it a prayer. Father, I give myself. I give myself. I give myself. Lebrasika labrande de robosoto. Lekazata labranda. To the people that feel I haven't got anything to give, give yourself. Just begin to pray that. Say, God, I give you me. I give you myself. I give you myself. Eka labrasika namande de robosoto. Everything Jesus did, his ministry was literally for us to give ourselves to him. He gave himself to us so that we can give ourselves to him. Father, today we have come to the altar, us as the offering. We surrender ourselves, we give ourselves over to you. That's all God is asking for. That's all He has ever asked for. That you give yourself over. That you give yourself. The Father is looking huh, for a people huh, that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is looking for a heart huh, that is ready to surrender to Him. Come on, let's begin to surrender ourselves. That is worship. That is worship. Worship is not about the music. It is not about the instrument. It is not about the person singing. The first time worship was mentioned in the Bible, it was Abraham sacrificing his son. Worship is sacrifice. The music and everything is just an expression. Come on, let's begin to give ourselves. Father, today we surrender ourselves. If we get anything right today, God, today we will not fail to surrender ourselves. If we do not tick any other box, Father, today we will do one thing right. We will surrender ourselves. Come on, begin to pray. That's all God is asking. That is all He's requiring from us. For a people that is hungry, that is ready to surrender. Come on, make it into a prayer. God, I give myself to you. I give myself to you. I don't care about anything that is troubling me, but I give myself over to you. We give ourselves. We give ourselves, God. We have come to your throne room today. We have not come to make requests, but we have only come, God, to give ourselves over to you. And be, be assured that God will give feedback. When a people is able to surrender themselves, be assured that heaven will respond. God will give feedback. Heaven will respond to a man, a woman that is ready to surrender themselves. Father, in a world where our attention is being grabbed from every side, today we choose to package ourselves and to surrender ourselves to you. 
Eka la braseto. Maka la brasete. Maka lebresika. Maka zekorobro. As we're praying, I want us to imagine a physical altar and us surrendering ourselves to the Father and saying, God, here I am, receive me. Here I am. Lebrezika la brande de robosoto. Eka la brasata. Maka lebre. Even for those that feel like I don't pray like I'm meant to. I'm not consecrated as I, as I know I'm meant to. Just pray and say, God, I give myself. That's all he's requiring. It is very easy. Things have not changed from the time we gave our lives to God. We entered in by surrendering ourselves and accepting him. And we continue by surrendering ourselves and offering ourselves to him. Father, we surrender ourselves. We are a house of people that are surrendered to you, of laid out lovers. We surrender ourselves, O God. Father, we thank you for today. We are expectant and we are ready for you to move, O God. As we have given ourselves to you, we know that father you will respond you will respond father we commit this service into your hands oh god even from the word and everything oh god we believe that you will move we believe that there'll be an exchange oh god that heaven will respond father we thank you that you are here and that you are present in the name of jesus in the name of jesus let's begin to make a shout of praise to god Let's begin to make a shout of praise. This is not for me. This is for God. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Culture. Uh, find someone um, just that you haven't come with and just say hi. Welcome to Kingdom Culture with a smile on your face. If you're watching virtually in the comments, just say hi. Introduce yourself. Amen. Amen. So today is a special Sunday. We have a, an amazing woman of God filled with power in the Holy Spirit that wants to give the word. But before we get to that, I want us to give to God because many times it's easy to worship. It's easy to, to, to sacrifice with just singing and worshiping. But God also expects us to give to what he's doing. And that is also an act of worship, physically giving to God. So in the description of the video, the offering details will be there. And specify whether it's a tithe, it's an offering. Um, and as you do that, God will bless you. Heaven will receive it as worship, as incense. Um, so without further ado, we'll welcome the speaker for today. And let's have our hearts open to receive God through Pastor Ajoke. Amen. Amen. I'm not sure if you can hear me. Good afternoon, everyone. Let's just take a few moments and just carry on basking in the presence of God. We've had a an amazing time in in prayer and then we moved on to musical worship and minister chris just carried on and i'm not here to break the flow but i just want us to carry on in a in a 
in the position of reverence before God this afternoon. I want us to take a solemn moment before God. I want you to recognize God for who he is. Many times in scripture, we see a lot of attributes um, about God. But most of these attributes that we see in scripture were actually revealed by God to men. And if indeed we, we, we say and claim that our God is limitless, he's unlimited, it means that the things that we see in scripture is not the height of who our God is. It means there is so much more to God than what we can see or what we can read in scripture. It means that there is so much more that God wants to reveal about himself. And so anytime we gather on a Sunday, I don't want you to think that it's just a it's just routine or it's just religion. It's another opportunity for God to open up your eyes and your heart to see deeper in him, to see more of him. Almighty God, we rest in you. We rest in you today. We rest in you, Lord. Open our eyes and open our hearts. Show us more of you. Show us more of your power. Show us more of your glory. Show us more of who you are this day, oh God. We 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 are receptive. Somebody open up a mouth and begin to pray to God. I want to see more of God. I want to know more of God. What I see in scripture, I thank God for that, but they are revelations that God released to men of old. I want to know more. I want to see more. I want to encounter more. What I see in the Bible cannot be all there is to God. Somebody open up your mouth and cry out to God. What I see in scripture cannot be all there is to God. I want my own encounter with God. And so whenever you come to church on a Sunday, whenever you're gathered to listen to the word of God, whenever you're gathered to, to, to in a time of worship, musical worship, it is an opportunity for God to explore and show you more of himself. Lord, I want to see more of you today like I have never seen seen before let that be your prayer open your mouth and pray lord more of you i'm hungry for more of you i want to see more of you today i want to encounter more of you thank you for what i have read in scripture thank you for what i have read in the bible but i want you to make yourself known to me today lord would you reveal yourself in the precious name of jesus and so father we thank you because anytime we call upon you you hear us Anytime we, we raise our voice and we petition to you, even before we call upon your scripture so that you have already heard us. And so, Father, we are confident of that fact. And so, Father, as we carry on today, show us more of who you are, that we will see you in a way we have never seen before. I humble myself before your throne of grace. I ask that you place your words in my mouth. And for everyone who will listen today, and those who will listen at some point in the future, let this be a wet word. Let it bring forth life and transform our lives. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Good afternoon, everyone. I want to say a very big welcome to everyone who's joining us today on our on our platform. We want you to know that God loves you. We love you and we have prayed for you and we believe that God has something in store for you today. My name is Ajika Israeli Siave, co-officer of Kingdom Culture alongside uh, my husband, Reverend Israel, who is somewhere around um, helping with, um, with the studio. All right, God bless you all. So today I'm going to read a few scriptures for us and I want you to stay with me um, as I bring the word of God. And as I said earlier on, it's a privilege and it's an honor to bring God's word to you. So tighten your seatbelts, we're in for a ride. God bless you. Um, I'm going to tell you the title of my message as I always do somewhere in the middle or once I start with my scriptures I'll let you know what the title is and I will read a few scriptures so I want you to really bear with me um, if possible. The first scripture um, I want us to open up with is from the book of Psalms, Psalms chapter 18. Um, Psalm chapter 18 is one of those popular scriptures um you may not realize that that's the scripture that you know but it is a it is quite a popular scripture psalm 18 and i'm going to read from verse 20 i'm going to read psalm 18 verse 20 it's a psalm of david um this was when god had when he was running away from saul um and God had delivered him from his enemies and from the hand of saul so saul david began to proclaim praises unto the lord Psalm 18 from verse 20. David says that the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has recompensed me. David then goes boldly to say that he has kept the ways of the Lord. And he has not wickedly departed. Thank you for that, Christy. He has not wickedly departed from God. So he's so bold. He's he's declaring that the Lord has. How many of us can be so bold to say God has rewarded me according to my righteousness, not according to the righteousness of Christ? Okay, Christ wasn't Jesus Christ wasn't born at that time, but he had a revelation and he had a relationship with God, and he was a prophetic king. So David was bold and he said that you know what God has rewarded me according to my righteousness. And David was so confident in the cleanness of his hands that he said that God has actually recompensed him according. How many of us can say that prayer? How many of us can actually say that in the presence of God and know that we are saying the truth? God has recompensed him according to the cleanness of his hands. You must be very bold to say that. David then goes on in verse 21 and he says that, he has kept the ways of the Lord and he has not wickedly departed from God. I want you to note what David says. He says, he didn't just say, I have not departed from God. He says, I have not wickedly departed. So there's a way you can depart from God that is probably not wicked. But David is so bold and he says, I haven't wickedly departed from God. And he says that his judgments were before me and I did not put away his statutes from me. Um... I was upright before God. I was upright before God. There was, I was in right standing. I have kept myself from iniquity. And then he goes to say it again in verse 24. The Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness. 
according to the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. Wow, what a scripture. This is coming from a guy who is confident in, in his righteousness. And I'm not, I'm not here to knock the psalm. <laughs> I'm not here to knock the psalm, but this is somebody who knows that his hands are pure before God. Another psalm of David says that who shall ascend unto the hill of the Lord, he that has clean hands and a pure heart, that has not lifted up his soul to vanity or sworn deceitfully. And the Bible just goes on and on. So this is somebody who knows that he's in right standing with God. But a few scriptures later, I see something that totally contradicts what David has just said in Psalm 18. And it's another popular scripture. And that is from Psalm chapter 51. Um, I'm going to speak on a few men or men and women from scripture. And I don't want us to focus on just one particular thing. Um, this is just an example um, from Sam. I'm going to use the, um, Peter as an example. I'm going to use Haziel as an example. I'm going to use Noah um, as an example. But I want to show you a contrast between Psalm 18 and Psalm 51. So in Psalm 18, this guy has said all the things that he has said. And then Psalm 51, we see a totally different side to David. This side, if you did not realize that it was David who had written the scripture, you would have thought these were two different people. And then David begins to speak from Psalm 51. And he begins to say, um, blot out my transgression. Wash me from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Then he begins to say, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. He then goes on and says, blot out my iniquities, creating me a clean heart, O God. And then my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Are you seeing the contradiction here? This is the same person in one psalm, he's telling us that we should look at his righteousness. He's even telling God to reward him according to how clean his hands are in God's own eyesight. He's telling us that he has kept himself from iniquity. And then Psalm 51, the same person begins to tell God to cover his sin, to cleanse him from his sin. The title of my message this morning or this afternoon is The Contradiction in a Man. How many of you can look at your life and say, in this area of my life, I am, I, I'm, I'm good. I've, I've got all this under control. But in another area, I'm, for, for lack of a better word, maybe, can I use the word messed up? And I believe that the Lord laid this message on my heart for everyone, including myself, because I believe that the Lord wants to do a work in us as individuals and, and as, as a house. So I want your hearts to be very open. I believe Pio has mentioned this example before when he's speaking about marriages, when he does marriage counseling and he, one moment there is a couple who are all over each other. And then the next moment they want to like, not maybe not even not physically kill themselves, but they've, they've had, they've had enough. And you're thinking this, this contradiction, it's a bit too much. So a contradiction from the dictionary is um, 
can be a combination of statements, ideas, or features which are opposed one to another. It's a situation that is inconsistent, is a situation in which inconsistent elements are present. So David was in a situation that was inconsistent, that had some inconsistent elements present. When Saul was killed, still speaking about David, when Saul was killed and there was, um, Saul and Jonathan had been killed, um, somebody killed, somebody ended up running to, to David to tell him about the news about Saul. David was very upset and then he said, were you not afraid to, lay, to raise your hand against the Lord's anointed? So David was a guy in the scripture, if you, if you go through scripture, David loved justice. David did not like to see people being oppressed. And that's one of the reasons why he went and he said, is there anyone that can show mercy to the house of Saul? And, you know, he showed mercy to Mephibosheth. So David in the book of, you can turn there in your own spare time. You don't have to turn there today. I'm going to read some second Samuel chapter four. This is a story of Ishbosheth, and one of Saul's sons. The Bible says how um, men, some wicked men went to slay him in his bed. Some, Second Samuel chapter 4 verses 10 to 12. I'm just going to read that very quickly. David is angry with the young men. And he said to them, how would you, when they said to them, oh, Saul is dead. I thought, they thought they had brought good tidings. Thank you, Chrissy. Then in verse 11, verse 10 says that when somebody told me that Saul is dead, you thought you had brought good tidings. I took hold of him and I slew that person in Ziglag because basically I'm a man of justice. Then he's now saying that how much more when wicked men have slain a righteous man in his own house upon his own bed, will I not require his blood out of your hands? So they, these wicked men um, go to Ishbosheth's house when he's in his bed. And they just kill him in his bed. And the news gets to David. They think David will be happy. They present, they bring his head to David and they're like, oh, see what we've done to your enemy, um, your enemy's son. This is your offering. And David's like, no, it doesn't work that way. So David is angry that an innocent man has been slain in, in his bed. He is so angry that David then makes a command and he says they should kill the young men who killed Ishbosheth. Cut off their hands and their feet. Now, this might seem like a very extreme punishment, but this should point to you. This should show you the kind of heart that David has towards injustice. David is so angry that they have gone to kill an innocent man in his bed that he he makes a commandment that they should kill they should they should kill the men that killed Ishbosheth, cut off their hands and cut off their feet, and they did all that. So remember, I'm speaking to us today about the contradiction of a man. So this is a man who cannot had opportunity to kill Saul, but he didn't kill Saul. How can I raise my hand against God's anointed? This is a man that when they, they brought news that his enemy Saul had been killed, he was so angry that they raised their hand against God's anointed that he killed the person. This is a man who loves justice so much that when he hears that an innocent man has been killed in his bed, he is so angry that he kills, he commands them to be killed, cuts off their hands and their feet even after they are dead. Am I, am, I, am I drawing a picture of David to you? So how do you then put this beside the man who then goes for an innocent man and kills Uriah? Those of you who know the story of Uriah. What happened to David? 
I want to read the scripture to us and I want to ask you a question. What happened to David? What happened to the man who, who was bold enough to stand before God and say, God, look at me, my hands are clean. But in the next, in the next breath, or well, a few years later, David not just kills a man, but he, he plots how to kill an innocent man. You can read this in your own time. Second Samuel chapter 11, he finds a way to lie and kill an innocent man, steal his wife and do all that. What happened to David? Somebody said the contradiction of a man. And I, as I'm saying these things, I want you to think about your own life and the things that you can see that are contradictory to who you really are. The next example I want to give is a man called Cain. Um, and I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4 verse 1. This was after man had, Adam and Eve had sinned against God. Genesis chapter 1, chapter 4 verse 1. It says that Adam knew his wife and she conceived and she bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Wow. This scripture for me is, is a salam moment for me. I believe this is the first or the first documented child that scripture records of the first man and woman that was created on earth. And this child is such, supposedly such an amazing child that they, they call him Cain and they declare that I have gotten a man from the Lord, a.k.a. this is a man of God, a.k.a. this is a woman of God. AKA this is a woman or a man of promise. This is a gift. Yes, let me use that word. This is a gift from God. Remember, I'm speaking about the contradiction in man. And so Cain is born and he's a gift from the Lord. Supposedly, they say he's a gift from the Lord. He's a man that God has given unto them. He's a prophet. He's a, he's a pastor. He's a, he's a man or the woman to save them. Now, I'm, when I say them, I'm not... I'm, I'm not talking about Adam and Eve now, but apply it to your own lives. And Cain, I, although we know what Cain does at the end of, of his life or that scripture, but verse 2, verse 3 tells me that, verse 3 tells me that Cain was, uh, was a worshiper. So I know Cain did all those things, but Cain had some form of relationship with God. Cain had some form of reverence to God. How do I know this? Because when Cain had sinned against the Lord and God was going to give him his punishment, Cain had a way, he, he knew how to appeal to God's mercy. This means that he knew, he knew that God was all powerful. God was all merciful. So this is a man who had a relationship with God. Verse 3, it says that in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. So this was a guy who wanted to offer something to God, who wanted to give God something. So for all intents and purposes, forget about what you know about Cain. If all you had read was these two scriptures, these two verses, and you never knew that Cain had killed his his brother, you think this guy is okay. You think ah, maybe even husband material. Lord Jesus, help us. He was a man gotten from the Lord. He was a man who worshipped the Lord. 
He was a man who knew how to give offerings and present sacrifices unto the Lord. But there was a contradiction in him. When the Lord did not accept his offering and he became angry, the Bible says that his, he was wroth and his countenance fell. And then you go on to verse, God said to him, why are you angry? If you do what is right, wouldn't you be accepted? And in verse 8, this man of God, this man that was gotten from the Lord, this man that knows how to, to offer sacrifices to the Lord, this man who knows how to worship the Lord, Suddenly, something happens in him, and as he talked to his brother, Cain rose up and he slew his brother. This is the man that was gotten from the Lord. Am I making sense? Somebody said the contradiction in man. Who would have thought that Cain, this gift from the Lord, will actually kill a human being? When Cain and Abel were growing up, did he ever cross Cain's mind that he would be a murderer? Did he ever cross Cain's mind that he will be the first murderer documented in the Bible? When Eve gave birth to um, Cain, when Adam and Eve gave birth to Cain, and they called him Cain, a gift, a man from the Lord, did they ever know that this, their precious child will be a murderer? I don't think so. There is a contradiction in man. What is your contradiction? Still giving you examples. I hope you're still with me. My other example is a man called Moses. Most of us, wow, we are so in awe of Moses, the man who rescued the Israelites. And, and, and by all means, we should be in, 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 in awe in terms of honoring and respecting the man, the prophet Moses, because he did, at the age of 80, he was a deliverer and he delivered millions of people from bondage. They had been in bondage for over 400 years, and one man in one day was able to lead them out across the Red Sea. So it's not, Moses was not a small boy, okay? Um, he, was, he was a true man of God. The Bible says um, in Exodus chapter 2, it says that when Moses was born, the Bible says that his mother saw him and saw that he was a goodly child. Another version says that, um, she saw that he was especially beautiful and healthy. And so she, she hid him for three months to protect him. I don't know how many mothers or fathers we have here. When you have a child, oh, that child is so cute. That child is so beautiful. But that child has a contradiction. You never know what that child will be in the future. And so Moses has a contradiction. And he also becomes a murderer as well. I don't think when his mother gave birth to him, when his parents gave birth to him, and they looked at that child and they said, wow, what a goodly child, what a beautiful child. This child is so amazing. This child, this child is so amazing that we have to hide him from the Egyptians. It, it never crossed their mind that this, their child will, be, um, will, will, will commit murder. The Bible says that Moses killed an Egyptian. He saw, he was, Moses was a good guy. He was burdened by what he saw. An Egyptian was fighting an Israelite. And the Bible says that he was burdened. And he killed the Egyptian. And he looked left and right. And he hid the Egyptian in the sand. Like, whoa. It's not. <laughs> that, that's deep. It's, it's one thing for you to kill somebody. Not saying you should kill anybody. But it's another thing to look around you and then hide your sin. He hid it in the, in the, in the sand. You can find that in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 to 12. 
what what kind of man does that what kind of man does that another example i want to give you is haziel and i'm giving you all these examples because i want you to touch your own example and i want you to think about your own life because we're going to spend some time praying to god this afternoon none of these people would have ever thought they would have been able to do the things that they had done some of you have discovered your own contradiction. Some of you have not. But I pray that if you have not discovered your contradiction, you would not discover it. You can. It's possible for you to live your life and not discover that thing. Going back to the example of David and Bathsheba. David, in my opinion anyway, David would never have known that he was a, he was a sick murderer. He was a sick murderer if he had never stood upon that rooftop by his window watching a woman bathe some of you need to bring yourself out of situations that will bring out your contradiction the bible says that we should flee all appearances of evil joseph has an, another example if joseph had stayed in that same room as potiphar's wife he might have discovered his contradiction some of you need to learn how to flee from appearances of evil. Don't even wait for it to become evil. Eve should have fleed from the serpent whilst the serpent was speaking to her. Her staying there made her discover her contradiction. How many of you are staying or playing with things that will make you discover your contradiction? Another man, I'll come back to Hazael in a second. Another man called Noah. I wouldn't turn to scriptures for the sake of time. But the Bible says that this man, the Bible, God calls him righteous. God says unto Noah in Genesis chapter 7 verse 1. He says that, come into the house because I have seen you righteous before me in your generation. God destroys the whole world and he saves, God saves a man. God saves Noah. The other people that God saved with Noah, his wife, his children, his daughters-in-law they were saved because of Noah because the Bible does not say that they were righteous he says that he found one man he found Noah Noah found favor Noah found grace before God and Genesis 7 says that Noah was the one that was righteous before God every other person was just an attache but God needed them I know to 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 fulfill the whole commandment of be fruitful and multiply but later on in the scripture Noah's contradiction comes out. The Bible says that he begins to be, he begins to be a husband man. Um, this is found in Genesis chapter 9. He begins to cultivate the ground and he plants a vineyard. And he drank some of the wine and became drunk. This is me. I don't believe that that was the first time Noah tasted wine. <laughs> now, some, I know people get a little bit itchy or iffy when people talk about wine and, and just... I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Um, but Noah discovered his contradiction when he carried on tasting what he was producing. Up to a point where he was so drunk, the Bible says that he, he was an induced stupor from his wine. This man that God had called righteous, that had found grace. And then not only does Noah then become a, a, a drunken man, Noah takes a step further and he curses his, his son. He curses a generation. Who would have thought Noah who loved his family so much so that he carried all his family into the ark? Somebody said the contradiction in man. 
I'm going to give you two more examples. The next example I want to give is a man called Haziel. I believe that Pio um, has spoken about this man. And then this one, I want us to read this scripture. Wow. This one, I want us to read this scripture. And this is from the book of 2 Kings chapter 8, if, if you can turn there. I think Pio has spoken about this. I don't know if it was at the press or, yeah, I think it was probably at the press. 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. Um, from, from verse 8, I think. Okay, let's go from verse 7. <sighs> Somebody take a deep breath in. I'm about to show you something, which I know you've seen before, but I want to show you from your own life. Second Kings chapter, 2 Kings 8 verse 7. Are you ready? Elisha came to Damascus and Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, was sick. And it was told him, saying, the man of God is come. And the king said to Haziel, take a present in your hand and go and meet the man of God and inquire of the Lord by him, saying, shall I recover of this disease? Now, if you go back to verse 7, please, just put 7 and 8 together. Okay. So, this king was sick. He was so sick, he was so sick that he, he needed to have an answer. I don't know how many of you have been in a situation, but maybe you want to ask a girl out or you want to... You want to know if this guy likes you or you have you have an appointment maybe you want to get a job and you need somebody to submit your cv for you um or you you have an application you have a deadline let's say you've got a coursework you've got an application and um that that is for your final your dissertation and the deadline is 12 midnight okay the deadline is 12 midnight i don't know about you but i'm not going to and maybe I can't, I can't, I can't go and physically handy in, because I remember those days in uni before things were online. You had to go and physically handy into the teachers, the lecturers' um, office. I don't know about you, but if I if I was ill and I had a deadline, maybe twelve noon, twelve noon, I'm not going to ask some tacky person. I'm not going to ask somebody who I don't trust. I'm basically going to put this my dissertation in the hands of somebody who I can trust with my life. Who I know wouldn't run around, forget it. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't be wicked to me and throw my destination away. Or who wouldn't be wicked and not make the deadline. I'll place this in the hands of somebody who I know would really do it. And so that was what happened to Ben Haddad here. He literally placed his life in the hands of Haziel. Because this was something that meant so much to him. So he had to place this in the hands of somebody that he trusted. And so he sends Haziel and he tells him to take a present in his hand. Now, you wouldn't give a present to the hand of a thief or somebody who you know that wouldn't deliver your message. So I'm saying all that to tell you that Haziel was a trusted person. And he says, go and meet the man of God and inquire of the Lord by him. Shall I recover? Haziel goes and Hazel is so, this guy is so trustworthy. This guy is such a good guy. Haziel is such a good guy. He goes and he takes a present 
even of every good thing of Damascus, this guy is good. He doesn't just take anything. He takes every good thing of Damascus, 40 camels, and he came and stood before him and he's been a good boy or been a good man. And he's saying that Ben-Hadad has asked me and he's delivering the message exactly as it should be delivered. Shall I recover of this disease? And then Elisha replies and says, yes, go and tell him that he will recover. Yeah. Next verse, please. Okay. And then Elisha began, Elijah begins to cry. And the man of God begins to weep. And Hazel is asking, why are you crying? Why are you weeping? And then Elisha's response is that I'm, I'm crying because um, I know that you're going to do evil to the children of, of Israel. And you're going to set their strongholds on fire. You're going to slay their young men with the sword. You're going to dash their children. You're going to rip up their women with child. As in, you're going to do, you're going to be evil. You're going to be like the devil. Like you. I know you're trustworthy now. I know that you were, you're a good guy, but I can see what you're going to do. This sounds to me like Jesus Christ and pizza, doesn't it? And the Bible says that Hazel is like, what is your servant that I should do such a great thing? Uh, is your servant, uh, go up please. Is your servant a dog that he should do so? Thank you. Is your servant a dog that he should do such a great thing? And he's like, no, I, I can't do such. I can't do such. And this reminds me of the story of Peter. I want to show you Peter and Hazel. And then I'm going to show you Peter, Hazel, and yourself. Or Peter, Hazel, and myself. Or Peter, Hazel, and all of us. There is a man called Peter in the Bible. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is talking to him. Talking to all the disciples and Peter is like, oh, just because like, oh, I'm going to die and all that. They're going to capture me and, and, and all that. And um, Peter is telling, telling Jesus Christ, you know what? If everybody does whatever they do, I'm your man, Jesus Christ. You can lean on me. Now, I want, I want you to understand that all these people were never lying. Every time they said, I would be good, I would do good. Cain, when Cain was born and he was, he was a gift from the Lord, he didn't plan to be a murderer when Noah was righteous before the Lord. He didn't plan to be a drunken that would curse his son. When Moses was seen as a goodly child, he never planned that one day he would murder and he would hide people in the sand. When David was declaring in Psalm 18 how he's righteous, he's, he's pure, there is no iniquity in him. He never thought he would be a sick murderer who would connive and steal somebody's wife. He never thought he would be all those things. Same thing with Haziel. Haziel is like, am I a dog that I would do all these things? It was, he couldn't fathom it. You know how you can look at your life and like, okay, maybe I can do this. But Haziel couldn't fathom it. And the same thing with Peter as well in Matthew chapter 26. You, you don't have to turn to the scripture this time. Matthew chapter 26 um, from verse 33. Jesus Christ was telling them that they will be offended, that they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter and there will be so much scattering. And Peter, Jesus did not even ask Peter any question, but Peter volunteers to answer. The Bible says that Peter replied him, I'm reading Amplified, it says that though they all fall away because of you and they doubt and disown you, I will never fall away. Peter was very sure of, of this he was sure that he was not going to betray the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ responds and says unto him, Peter, I can assure you, you will deny me completely three times. 
Peter doesn't stop there. You know, that's where pride comes in. So as I'm speaking, some of you are thinking, well, I don't have any contradiction in my life. That's one of the traps. That was one of the ways that Peter, in my opinion, fell. Because remember that Jesus Christ had said to him that the enemy has planned to sift him like wheat, but Jesus Christ was praying for him. I don't know. Did this prophecy have to come to pass? If Peter had said, Lord, help me, would things have changed? I don't know. I actually don't have an answer. Maybe he will have denied Christ just once and he will have repented it. I don't know. I don't know. But could, could Peter's response, could, have, could it have been mixed in with a bit of humility? Jesus Christ tells him, I assure you, and most solemnly I say to you, this night before a rooster crows, you will completely deny me three times. Peter then says unto Jesus, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. There is a place for humility when the Lord shows us that we are frail, we are feeble, and without him, we are nothing. I'm going to give you a personal example about my own, my own life. <laughs> so I've never really been, I've never really worked in a place in, 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 since I've become a GP, not since I've been a doctor, since I've been a GP, I've never really worked in my own local area, so close to my house. And, and when, when, when that happens, you, of course, you see people around you, like you see people from work everywhere on the road, on the streets, close to people. And there of course, as a, as a GP, there will be opportunities for you to see people outside of work, but can we keep relationships as, as they are? Some of you don't know limits and some of you don't know boundaries. Some of you don't know how to relate with your work colleagues at the place of work. You are testing your contradictions. Some of you go for coffee with that, with that male colleague. Some of you go for coffee with that female colleague and you're doing this on a regular basis and you're, 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 you're thinking that you're cool because you're strong. You're a married man, you're a married woman. You're, you're a single person and the same person is always visiting you, coming to your house, cooking meals for you and you're eating the food every time because you're strong. You do not realize that there is a contradiction in every man. Don't test your boundaries, don't test your limits. Then Peter's contradiction happens and he denies Jesus Christ three times, so much so that the third time in Matthew chapter 26, he begins to curse and swear. Peter would never have thought he would have done that. He begins to curse and swear and begins to say that I never knew Jesus Christ. I never, like, who is he? I know not the man. Another time, the second time, Peter actually denies Jesus Christ with an oath. You can find that in Matthew 26, 69 to 75. Read that in your own spare time. We're going to go into a time of prayer. But I want you guys, I want your hearts to begin to pause and reflect on what I've just said. I haven't yet given you your own examples. I've given you examples of men and women of the Bible. Men and women who thought, I would never ever do X, Y, Z. But one thing I want to point out to you for most of the, not all, but most of the examples that I had given was that when they were faced with temptation, some, some of them stayed there and felt they could fight it and overcome it. For example, in the case of David, but the moment you do that, you just get yourself into a spiral. 
another thing that causes us trouble is when we are not humble enough to realize that that we are only standing by the grace of God in whatever area of our lives that we are in. Solomon was a man who loved the Lord so much. He built the temple and he raised up his hands. He knelt down to God. But Solomon ended up his life vows that he, he his his wives had turned his heart away from God and he began to serve other gods. He began to lay and make sacrifices and offerings to Ashtaroth, to, to Molech. Even though God had appeared to him twice, Solomon literally turned his heart away from God. I want you to go before God this afternoon. Take a few moments and just pause and reflect on this word. What is your contradiction? What is the thing that you look at your life and you're like, this, this Psalm 18 that I said in the morning of me being righteous, I know that it's going to be contradicted in the next few moments. What, what is your cane moment? What is your cane moment? Your cane moment is, I'm a gift from God, but then you can murder what is your Noah moment? I am righteous, but I'm given to gluttony or, 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 or strong wine or, or whatever it is that you, some of you call it a weakness. Some of you call it habits. So I don't know what people call it these days, but But transgression is transgression. Iniquity is iniquity. Sin is sin. We need to call it by what it is. And I've come to say to us this afternoon that you don't have to live with this contradiction. You don't have to be two different people living in the same body. You don't. And for those of you who cannot really think about a contradiction, let us leave it that way. all appearances of evil David did not have to find out his contradiction if he did not stay in that place Solomon did not need to find out his contradiction that he would be an idol worshipper like a whole Solomon that God had called him God God named Solomon not not you don't have many people in the Bible that God named I mean from birth quite a few of them but not many some of them God changed their name when they were old, but this one, Jediah, he Jediah, he was he was named by the Lord. The Lord sent a prophet, Nathan, to his father and said, You will name him because the Lord loves this one. Solomon was such a man who loved the Lord that God appeared to him and said, he said to God, God, I don't know my left from my right. Solomon was a humble man. He gave a thousand burnt offerings, and, and you know, the priest couldn't stand to minister. Solomon loved the Lord. Solomon depended solely on God for all that he, he needed to do. Queen Sheba came and tested Solomon. The King James, 1 Kings um, 10, the NIV version says that Sheba came to meet him, to test him because of his wisdom and his relationship to the Lord. NIV says that he, she didn't just come to, to Solomon because of his wisdom, but she came because of what she had heard about his relationship to the Lord. But this man ended up loving strange women from Moab, from Pharaoh, from the Ammonites, from the Edomites, from the Zidonians, from the Hittites. This man 
who, who in, in previous scriptures had lifted up his hands and knelt down and was just giving offerings and sacrifices to God. He then ended up marrying 700 wives, 300 concubines, and he became an idol worshiper. I want you, I want you to think about this. Solomon became an idol worshiper. He went after Asheroth, Astoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians. He built a high place for Chemosh, for Moab, for Molech. And he did this for all his strange wives. And he had, he had 700 of them. How many gods did Solomon have in his house? How many gods did he have in his palace? This guy was messed up. He became messed up. Solomon knew how to burn sacrifices. And Solomon began to burn incense and sacrifice unto their gods. And the Lord was angry with Solomon. Who would have thought Solomon, the wisest king, and want us to come before God with humility and say, God, I come before you today. Search me, search me, O God. Search me and know my heart. Search me and know my heart, Lord. Search me, Lord. Search me. Jeremiah 17. You can put that on the screen as we pray, as we keep on praying. It says that the heart is deceitful above all things and it is extremely sick. Another version says it is desperately wicked. Who can understand? Some of you, if you are placed in the right situation, in the right circumstances, you will shock yourself. Shall I say some of us? Not even some of us, all of us. If you are placed in the right situation, or shall I say the wrong, that's why you should avoid evil. Flee. Who can understand it fully? Who can know its secret motive? It then says, I, the Lord, search and examine the mind. I test the heart. Can I ask you today and say, God, would you search my heart? I can tell you that God is not going to search your heart and find iniquity there and leave it there. He doesn't just search your heart for the sake of searching. He doesn't just set your heart for the sake of searching. He doesn't just test your heart for the, taste, for the sake of testing. Go before God and say, God, what is my contradiction? What is that thing in me that if placed at the right time or wrong time, wrong place, wrong time, wrong environment, wrong people, what's wrong situation, and I will just manifest a different person, God. What is that contradiction in me? Open your mouth, open your mouth and pray. Lord, what is that contradiction in me? Lord, what is that contradiction in me? You can take the scripture, the scripture off. Lord, what is that contradiction in me? Search my heart. Search me and know if there is any wicked way in me. Come on, open your mouth and pray wherever you are. Open your mouth and pray wherever you are. Search my heart, Lord. Search my heart. Search my heart. Search my heart. Keep praying. Search my heart. Search my heart. You've heard some sick stories of parents doing things to their children. Tell God to search your heart. Don't be like, let's not be like Peter who says, I can never do that. I can never do this. I can never do that. We are all products of grace. 
take the grace of God away from, from people. You hear of people who are great men and women of God and you hear of their stories of how they fell and your mind cannot compute it. This is why, this is why we need to deal with our lives now and say, God, just search because the heart of man is desperately wicked. Cry out to God. Some of you are asking for God to give you open doors in, in politics, open doors in, in fashion, in, in movies. Hey, God, if God should show you what your heart, what our hearts can really do when we are placed in these positions, you will beg God not to, we will beg God not to give it to us. But how are we going to have influence if we don't go into those places? How are we going to have influence if we don't become kings? If God cannot trust us to become priests, if we cannot be David's and Moses's and Abraham's, are we going to go to Egypt and take a slave girl and then marry her as our second wife and, and despise the promises of God? Pray, pray, pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. This is a solemn moment. This is a solemn moment. Ask God to search you. God, search me. Search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. My husband keeps saying that I act like I'm so naive because sometimes I hear certain things and I'm like, hey. And then I go back to God and I say, God, the same way I said, hey, it's the same way those people who do those things said it. So I say, God, please help me. Help me. I don't want to ever be in that situation whereby, because nobody plans, unless you're the devil himself, nobody becomes born again with the intention to become a crazy a crazy person, a crazy murderer, a psychopath, sexual addict. Nobody does. Nobody plans for it. Keep praying. Nobody goes into their marriage saying that one day I'm going to cheat on my spouse. I'm going to have be having multiple this, multiple that. Go figure. Nobody plans that. And if you plan that, you know. That's a different thing altogether. Nobody plans to, unless unless the person is really sick, to, nobody plans to have children and begin to abuse those children. You hear, you hear of stories of parents abusing their children sexually and you're like, oh Lord, have mercy. But I, I can tell you that when those parents were little, when they were only children, they never thought they would become monsters. You hear people doing this and doing that. Nobody ever plans. So that's why we are saying, God, search my heart, oh God. If there be any wicked way in me, God, take it away today. Take it away today. It's our year of government. We cannot afford to go to rise up and, 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 and bring the name of the Lord down. Can God trust that you would go um, into the fashion world for those of you who are into fashion and you will not you will not betray the Lord? Can he trust you? Can he trust you to know that he would you will go to the entertainment, the movie industry, and you will not start producing porn? Can he trust you? Can he trust you? Can he trust us? Can he trust me? Can he trust me? Can he trust us in the medical field to know that if he gives us certain wisdoms, we will not use that wisdom against 
God himself as, as man as man is known to do and build a tower and try and build a tower called Babel that can reach up to the heavens. Can God trust us that if he can make us priests, if he can make us a Moses, a deliverer that we will not kill a man and look right and left and hide him in the sand? Can God trust us that we will not like David write a letter signing a man's death warrant and place that death warrant in, a, in, in, in his hand? Can God trust us that we will not be in a position where we'll look at people who are vulnerable like Bathsheba and take advantage of her. Can God trust us? Can God trust us? Can God trust us? Maria, mama, 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 keep praying. Keep praying, keep praying. Can God trust us? Can God trust you? My message is over now. I want you to cry. I want you to go on your knees if you can. Some of you need to cry. Some of you need to cry. And for those of you who are in the studio, for those of you who are in, who are in the in 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 the in the center right now, if there are if there's anybody who, if you want somebody to pray for you, like if you want the leaders to pray for you, like um, I don't know if the ordained ministers, like Minister Jared or I don't know whoever is there, just go around the room and begin to pray for people who. I, I'm praying for you. If you're going to be a minister, if you're a minister, praying for people, I'm I'm covering you in the place of prayer. Let this contradiction stop. Let this contradiction go. I don't want to be see myself as a monster. I don't want to see. I don't want to do monstrous activities. David could not understand. David, David, in fact, David was still so good that when Nathan came to him and said, "You have there was a man and he did this to his sheep and all that," David was so angry. He said, "The man needs to die," and Nathan said. David, you are the man. David did not even realize that he was the man. David was so, he was so unaware of his weakness. Oh God, please search my heart. Search my heart. Search my heart. Search my heart. Take away that thing that with the right circum with the wrong circumstance, with the wrong person, I will end up failing you. God, I don't want to fail you. There are people in scripture who stood. There are the Daniels who, 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 who we did never, we never discovered their contradiction. They are Daniels. They are Daniels. There are Esthers. Oh God, there, there is, we have hope. We have the Johns, the beloved. We, there is hope for us. Oh God, that nobody, we don't always have to show or manifest our contradiction you can show us in a vision oh god when we get to heaven that this is what the enemy planned but god we don't want to manifest it on the earth oh god help help me search my heart if there is any wicked way not if lord remove the wicked way don't even say god if there is any wicked way say god remove the wicked way from me remove the wicked way some of you, all you need to do is to enter a get-together and you, that's it. You are, you've, le- you've left the faith. Not even a party, a small get-together. And you hear one small Afro beat and you just backslide. My God, what is my contradiction? What is my contradiction? Some of you need to stop watching certain movies because that is just a door to your main contradiction. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And I'm going to end this moment of prayer with this scripture. Still in the attitude of prayer. I don't know if if Chrissy has the Passion Translation. I want to read Romans chapter 7 from verse 15. From the Passion Translation. 
Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Romans chapter 7. I'm going to read it in your hearing. From verse 15. I am a mystery to myself. For I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. I am a mystery to myself, for I want to do what is right, but I end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. Thank you, Chrissy. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. So inside me, I still, I know something. And now I realize that it is no longer I, it is no longer my true self doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are here within me, but the willpower is not enough to accomplish. You cannot, you cannot do good with willpower. Willpower cannot sustain you. The longings to do what is right are within me, but the willpower is not enough to accomplish. Some of you, it's not even the end of January. Some of you have broken your new year resolution. In fact, from the, from the 1st of January, because willpower is not enough. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. Some of you keep having dashed hope. Some of you don't even want to make commitments to God anymore. Some of you don't want to make commitments to fast anymore, to pray anymore. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it is not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who I really am. Through my experience of this principle, I discover that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. I discover that even when I want, I want to, I want to do, I'm yearning to do good. I speak to my parents, my pastor, my, my accountability partner, all these things that we say that we should do. But that, that, that's not strong enough to help me. Evil is ready to sabotage me. But 22 is what breaks my heart because it says truly deep within my true identity. This is my true identity. I love to do what pleases God. I, I, I really love to do. I, want, I, I pray to him. I worship him. And something deep within me doesn't want to sin. But I discern another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience. Do you know what it means to wage war? The devil doesn't play fair. 
Please go up, just up a little bit. Waging war, go back to waging war, please. I discern another power. Do, do you know what it means for a power to operate in you? Do you know what it means for a force to operate in you? Have you ever been in the wind when the wind is blowing, when the wind is blowing and your umbrella is just going in its own direction? That is what this power does to you. It's like a tug of war. It's waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience. And that is a very painful place to be because when your conscience is, is seared, you can see and not even feel anything. And, and when you get to that point, you can see and not feel bad. You can go, you can see and go and go straight to preach. You can see and go straight to lay hands on somebody. You can see and go straight to, to your wife, to your husband and not feel anything. And you live your life as normal and in quotes, have peace. But I, I think the, 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 the painful place to be is when there is a war going on because you are confused. You look at the mirror and you do not like what you see. It's not a good place to be. When Nathan said to David, you are the man, David broke down. It says, it brings me into captivity as a prisoner of the law of sin. This unwelcome intruder in my humanity, in my humanity, what an agonizing situation I am in. Oof. Agonizing. I've heard stories of people, and I know Reverend has given us his own example of how, you know, he can give his examples himself. But it's an agonizing situation to be, I mean, of his past. Glory to God. What an agonizing situation I am in. And I'm getting towards the place of the good news. It says, so who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power that has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin? I give thanks. Just still, just don't, don't move it there. Just, just don't move it. Don't move it, please. Who has the power to rescue? I give all my thanks to God for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. It means no power of hell, no scheme of man can put me under the law of sin and death. Because if left to myself, the flesh aligned with the law of sin, but now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. My God, my God, my God, who is ready to contend for the power, the mighty power that God has provided to pull you out of this demonic contradiction. Where are my Davids? Where are my Haziels? Where are my Noahs? Where are my Moseses? Where are my Solomons? Where are my Peters? Who knows that there is a God that has the power to pull you out through our Lord Jesus 
the anointed one wherever you are raise up your hands as i begin to intercede for you and like i said if you're in nottingham can i ask that the leaders begin to go around and just raise up your hands and um, father we ask that you give the leaders right now the, the power and the anointing of God comes upon them. We cover you in the blood of Jesus Christ as you begin to go around and be, begin to pray and as you begin to intercede. The Almighty God is there with you. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. Lift up your hands wherever you are in your homes. Lift up your hands right now. No power of hell, no scheme of man. <laughs> no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck you from his arms. That is what the songwriter said. No power of hell, no scheme of man can pluck you from his hand. No power of hell, no scheme of no scheme of man, no power of sin. One has the power one has the key cry out to god one has the power one has the key one has the power one has the key and he has provided a way out through the lord jesus the anointed one god we pray that the anointing that breaks the yokes comes upon the sons and daughters right now in the name of jesus christ that breaks the power of sin that breaks the power of the contradiction that pulls them out of the snare of the fowler that pulls them out of this contradiction that they are facing this agonizing situation lord let your grace be poured out right now let the power of god pull them out right now from every let the power of god bring them out and pull them out somebody cry out to god cry out to god there is a mighty power that can save you from this contradiction. That as from today, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you will recognize who you see in the mirror. Come and pray. <laughs> as from today, I want to look at myself in the mirror and not see a monster. And recognize the presence that I can see because my actions are consistent. Because I am not Psalm 18 today and Psalm 51 tomorrow. I am not lifting an offering of the first fruit today and murdering my brother the next day. I am not called the righteous one today and the next morning, the next moment be called, be called a drunkard cursing my sons. I don't want to be the one who, who the Lord says you're going to deny me and I say God no it can't happen and in the next moment I am cursing and swearing the contradiction in a man who can save me from this power of sin? Who can save me? Who can save me? Who can save my mind? The power of God is here today to save you. And so that, that way God can trust you in positions of authority, positions of leadership. I'm going to pray right now for those who, the those of you who are meant to go into certain what they call mountains. I've seen people go into the fashion industry and they start off with some clothes that are decent, some clothes, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, Adam and Eve, when their nakedness was exposed, the Bible says they, they sold themselves, they sold themselves things to cover them, their body, even in their fallen nature, their fallen state knew they needed to cover up. 
how how far have we fallen that we don't even realize that we need to cover up and so you see people in the fashion industry they go they say they want to change the things for the world the lord and all that and then they just go in there and they begin to do the exact opposite they begin to do exactly what sin brought sin brought exposure to your nakedness and they begin to do that but we're going to pray for you today the power of god will sustain you those who are called into the the the, the movie or the the entertainment industry we we go and we say we want to we want to bring the gospel and then we begin to compromise we begin to somehow take jesus out we say it's not all about jesus we begin to take the gospel out and then it's not it's not it's not, not every movie has to have the name of jesus i understand i agree but then we begin to compromise and then the next day we we we, we, we get ourselves into some some next level and we say it's just it's just a movie so if I've just if I've just spoken about you, if you're one who is called either even into politics, but you don't have to play the games of politics, lift up your hands wherever you are as I as I wrap up. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that the same God who kept Daniel, the same God who kept Daniel in the midst of in a strange land. God kept Daniel in the strain and that he did not compromise. He did not compromise on what he believed. He did not compromise on what the Lord had told him. I pray that that same God will be there with you and will uphold you. Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him. Lord, I pray for your sons and daughters, everyone that you have called into whatever mountain or industry that is already polluted lord i just pray the grace of god upon everyone who is watching and listening right now at the same distinguishing spirit even to a greater level because now we have the holy spirit that was upon daniel that made him to be preferred above the things of the world and how they did things in the world but that same spirit will rest upon us in the name of Jesus. That same spirit, spirit will rest upon everyone who you are calling and you have called. Father, we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. We are distinguished for good. We will not fail you. We will not fall. And we even use it as a point of contact to our over, over, our, um, our overseer. We ask in the name of Jesus, our apostolic overseer, that you will sustain him, that you will keep him, and it will filter down to each and every one of us, that every contradiction that, that is in our lives, it gives way to the power of God. In the precious name of Jesus, we've prayed. Somebody put your hands together for the Almighty God. Put your hands together for the good God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Still in that atmosphere of prayer, I just wanted to spend some time and just pray in the spirit as we just, just digest that, that session of God's word and, and, and the move of the Holy Spirit. I want us to spend a bit more time worrying with what we've heard and worrying with what has been done. You know, labraka soke lekabaya in our hearts. Leba seve lebroko se karabaka siya lababaya. Um, as I heard that message and as I just, you know, contemplated in my spirit and began to just brood over the word contradiction, um, it will amaze you that the truth is there is no one that is beyond or above contradiction, and at every level there is a cadre of contradiction that we all battle with. We're going to still pray. We're going to still pray. It's, we're going to wrap it, wrap it up in a few minutes. But I'm going to just go to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 5. Um, talks about in the, day, in the year Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. Um, some people say it's because as Uzziah died. Some people said Uzziah's death was a calendar marking or something. Whatever it was, he did see the Lord. And it said that he saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two wings, they covered their feet. And with two wings, they were flying. And they were calling out to one another, Holy 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 is the lord of hosts all the earth is full of his glory at the sound of their voices the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke then i said woe is me for i am ruined i'm reading the Berean study um bible if you can rise to your feet wherever you are please let's press this thing further because the truth is that because our sin is not like the other person's sin or our challenge is different in nature we assume that we are better or our struggle is less. But demand of God is the same. It is the full expression of the Holy Ghost. And Isaiah at this point had prophesied to the nation of Israel. He had prophesied deep, heavy prophecies that gave direction to the nation. But yet he said, wow, I am ruined. Woe is me. And then there was a coal that was taken from the, from the altar. And it was placed on his lips. And he was purged. Say, Lord. Let your coal touch my contradiction. Let your fire find my contradiction. Would you touch my contradiction this morning, this afternoon? Just pray that prayer a little bit further, and then we'll wrap it up. Pray that prayer a little bit further. Say, Lord, let your fire from your altar touch my contradictions. You know the ones that I don't want to tell people that this is the challenge I have. You know the ones that when it's time to confront it, I, I don't want to. I ignore it. I just look away because I'm, I, I, don't, I, I just can't believe that I have to confront that. So Lord, we bring it all to you, O oh God, naked, unashamed, with open heart and unveiled faces. Bible says, as we behold in a glass the glory of God, we are transformed by the Spirit of God into that same glory that we are beholding. I'd like you to know that it is the Holy Spirit that can melt away the pain that your contradiction brings. It says, the path of the righteous is like a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. 
Ziparabakatuse vele brokotosa. Jabale brandaska vela brakatosa. Rebandele baka. Holy Ghost, would you shine your lights upon our contradictions? If peradventure we are unaware that this is our potential in darkness, Father, unveil it to us and help us to deal with it. A time comes where your sin has come to a point that your cup is full and God says no more. But a time can also come where God can lead you in his mercy and show you this is what you need to deal with. Deal with it now so that he doesn't deal with you later. Holy Ghost, we bring ourselves to the altar where flames consume flesh, where your fire consumes sacrifice. And Father, we say, let your coals come and purge every contradiction away. Let your fire come and burn every contradiction away. You say this mountain that is before Zerubbabel, you said it will not be by power, you said it will not be by might, but it will be by the Spirit of the Lord. Father, you say, then are Christ they have crucified the flesh with all his lusts and desires but it was by the spirit that the flesh was crucified so father we ask so God that Christ will find full expression in us amidst our many challenges so God that they would die at the appearance of the divinity of the father and the divinity of the son and the divinity of the spirit father we come under the government of God of your kingdom we come oh God under the rulership of your throne Nebuchadnezzar was the one that said that that increase of God's kingdom, his dominion is from generation to generation. He said it twice. He didn't know he was prophesying. Oh God. Being an apostle doesn't exempt you. Being a prophet, being a preacher, being a pastor, being a leader, being a minister doesn't mean you won't have contradictions. Inside this vessel, we know that we have great treasures, but the vessel is earthen. And for that reason, it is flawed. Jesus, have mercy on us. Of recent times, I've been praying, have mercy. It's not because I started struggling with something new. I just, I, my eyes just opened and I realized that the demand of God and how much my impute is, they don't match up. And that is the truth for many of us, that the expectation of heaven in where we are in the timeline of God's purpose and, and plans for our destiny and where we are in relation to the plan of heaven and God's blueprint written in the volume of the books, they don't match up. And mercy and grace, they are the great equalizers. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Um, we bless God for that word and we bless Pastor AJ. God richly bless you, replenish you, and supply you with grace. And as you have poured out, that God will pour back on you. Um, in the next few seconds, we'll be getting the announcement. Good afternoon, Kingdom Culture family. I hope you've had an amazing, amazing time in God's presence. Thank you for staying till the end, but don't worry, I won't take too much of your time. My name is Pastor Tosin, and here are these week's announcements. For those who may not be aware, our services are currently being broadcasted in person from Nottingham at the Leonardo Hotel, and our broadcast location in London is yet to be confirmed. So make sure you stay plugged in, subscribe to our YouTube channels, and you can get all 
the information um, from there as well. But also, if you like more information about where our services will be broadcasted in London and in Nottingham, then please send an email to contact at kculture.org. And if you live in or around both cities in Nottingham or London, then please do try and visit us in person. We have Royals, which is our children's ministry, and they meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. If you would like your children to get involved with this, where they learn all about Jesus and the kingdom of God, then please reach out to the team at KC Royals at kculture.org. That's KC Royals at kculture.org. And next we have our prayer watches, prayer culture. Prayer culture is open to everyone and the aim is for us to have 24 seven prayer. But our daily watches that are currently going on at the moment are 6.30 a.m. Monday to Friday. We have 12 p.m. Um, and then we have 7 p.m. which is the altar and that's Monday to Friday and then we have the press which is 11 p.m. on Tuesday and Friday nights guys stay plugged in to the prayer watches and like I said it's open to everyone if you would like to partner with us if you would like to maybe lead a watch or just join in what God is doing at prayer culture then please send an email to the team at prayer culture at K culture so, we are out evangelizing next week Sunday this is our outreach Sunday which takes place on the last Sunday of every month and we'll usually be meeting in three cities which is edinburgh london and nottingham if you'd like to join in what god is doing on the streets where we just spread the love of christ then again please send an email to contact at kculture.org we would love you to get involved in what god is doing and next we have our super sunday general assembly is back guys this is taking place on the 5th of february in nottingham please see the flyer for me so this next one is exciting can i get some drum rolls please the family holiday is back guys yes this is exciting if you were at the last family holiday then you will know it was an absolutely amazing time amazing amazing time that we had listen spaces are very limited honestly it is going to fill up very quickly so if you are interested even if you, you don't really have the money yet but you know that you definitely want to go then please reach out to pastor wedge or natalia the family holiday will be taking place from the 10th of august to the 13th of august guys you don't want to miss it so make sure you register your interest last but definitely not the least the given details should be coming up on your screens right now if you would like to give then please do reference specifically what you were giving towards whether that's your tithe your offering a special seed if you're giving towards our kingdom builders kenya orphanage our building project our minister support fund then please reference what you were giving towards and may god bless you as you do that thank you so much again for joining us for an awesome time in god's presence i really really hope i'm i'm pretty sure not i hope i'm pretty sure that you were blessed and i just want to say if you haven't taken the time to plan your year your 2023 with god then try and do some try and do some of that this week take some time and sit down with the holy spirit spend some time in prayer spend some time worshiping god and wait for feedback and i am sure that god is going to speak to you about your 2023 that's it guys enjoy the rest of your day and thank you again for joining us god bless you take care bye bye that was yeah that was um I thought she was going to say life-changing, but it was life-changing. Um, so um, I'm just going to close now. And, you know, Paul said, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance in Christ Jesus. So 
uh, wherever we are. Let's share the grace and fellowship. Say it with intentionality. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forever. Amen. Surely his goodness and his mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Thank you. Have a wonderful week, and God bless you.